0: Today is the 40th day after Easter, Ascension Thursday, and the epistle is taken from the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. In the former book, O Theophilus, I spoke of all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day on which he was taken up after he had given commandments through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them also he showed himself alive after his passion by many proofs, during forty days appearing to them and speaking of the kingdom of God. And while eating with them, he charged them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, of which you have heard, said he, by my mouth. For John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence." They therefore, who had come together, began to ask him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? But he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. and You shall be witnesses for me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the very ends of the earth. And when he had said this, he was lifted up before their eyes And a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing up to heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white garments and said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up to heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, shall come in the same way as you have seen him going up to heaven. Please stand for the Gospel. The Gospel is taken from the 16th chapter of the Gospel of St. Mark. At that time, Jesus appeared to the eleven disciples as they were at table, and he upbraided them for their lack of faith and hardness of heart, and that they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into the whole world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. And these signs shall attend to those who believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak in new tongues, They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands upon the sick, and they shall get well. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sits at the right hand of God. But they went forth and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the preaching by the signs that followed. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, the mysteries of our holy Catholic faith are inexhaustible. We can come back to them time and time again and reflect upon them and always find new things. And the reason for this is because the mysteries of the faith are about God. God is an infinite being, and we have limited minds. So no matter how many times... We go back to reflect upon God and what God has done. There will always still be more for us to learn and to gather each year when we come to Easter time. We come back again, especially to reflect upon the glorious mysteries of the Rosary, the mysteries of the the glorious life of our Lord and our Lady after their death, after their resurrection. And this year, I have to say that something has come into focus more for me regarding these mysteries than in the past, when when I've sort of been given this new opportunity in 2022 to look at the Glorious Mysteries. And this is the intimate connection there is between these mysteries and life. The Glorious Mysteries are about life, the real life. They tell us about the life of heaven. They tell us about the life that we are meant to live for all eternity. But it's, it's really hard. It's difficult to, to be up here and try to speak about that life. It's, it's not an easy task. I tried to do this in, in North Dakota on Lowe's Sunday. I tried here a few weeks ago when I was speaking about Our Lady and her being God's answer to the culture of death. Um, and how she is connected with life. And I'm going to give another try today. The reason why it's so difficult to speak about this glorious life is that it's so distant from our own life. The the life that is familiar to us is the physical life. Um, We may say the, the physical life we know the best... The spiritual life, hopefully we know a little bit about that. And the glorious life, the life of heaven, that we know nothing about whatsoever. We have no experience of it whatsoever. And what we tend to do as humans is we we tend to place too much value on what is closer to us and more immediate to us. And less value on, on what is farther away from us. And our physical life is, is extremely close to us. It's, it's definitely what we're most familiar with, our, our physical life. It's the life that, that we're most comfortable with. And as a result, we, we tend to measure life itself, and evaluate all life itself in terms of this physical life. Why right? people uh, tend to glorify, maybe perhaps to an excessive degree, youth because they see youth as having more life um, than people who are older by the fact that the youth um, are in greater possession of physical life. And we tend to look upon sports stars as having more life or perhaps a better life than common people because they can do more with their physical life. They can do more with their bodies than other people they can, they can do greater things with their physical life than people who are not sports figures. But what we must realize, as best we can, living here below on this earth, not being in heaven, not having any experience of the heavenly life, what we must try to do today is, is to really realize that this life that we're living right now is, is a very, very limited life. It's, it's a very basic level of life. It's a mere shadow of the life that we are called to and the life that our Lord and Our Lady are living right now in their glorious state. That life, that life that we will live forever, that is the real life. That is the most important life. That is the life. That we must want. That is the life that we must try to contemplate in love and motivate ourselves one day to possess for all eternity. And so, to, to do this, we just have to make a little comparison between the life that we live right now and that glorious life so that we can see how little we live right now, how limited our life here below is. And how much more we will live if one day we make it to heaven. This will teach us to value this life less and to look forward to that life. And hopefully we we realize that, that whatever type of life we live here below is the life we will live forever. We will end up living forever the life that we value most. This is sort of God's contract with us. He says, I will give you the life that you want to live. And if we value the physical life, He says, you will get the physical life forever. If we value the spiritual life, the glorified life, we will get that life forever. So let's just take a little look at the difference between our life here below and the glorious life that is being lived by our Lord and our Lady right now. Our life is a life of suffering and death. Their life is a life that does not have death and does not have suffering. Think about how much suffering and death weighs and limits our life here below. When you get sick, when you have the flu, when you have a fever, you're, you're hardly able to do anything. Your your whole life shuts down because you, you can't get out of bed or you can't do your job. Uh, you can't go here. You can't go there. All you can do is just feed yourself vitamin C and help you get better. Whereas, um, as well, we, as our life goes on, we find ourselves less and less capable to do things. We don't We're getting older, our body is breaking down, we don't have that vigor we used to have, but perhaps we don't have that energy we used to have. We're less able to do as many things as we did before. Well, all of these limitations are completely gone in the glorious state of our Lord and our Lady. Our Lord has none of these limitations. Our Lord is never sick. He never has a cold. He never has a headache, he never has a fever, he never has a flu. He never has the least symptom of any sickness to slow him down or to reduce what he's capable of doing. Our Lord's not getting any older. Our Lord's body is not breaking down over time. Our Lord is not developing aches and pains in his body. As time goes on, it's now been over 2000 years since our Lord rose from the dead and he's just as healthy. His body is doing just as fine as as the day that he rose from the dead. Nothing has changed at all in that period of time. Our Lord never gets tired. He is as full of life in the morning as he is in the afternoon, as he is in the evening, without taking any coffee whatsoever. He doesn't have to go through three cups or four cups or five cups of coffee. He's exactly at the same level of energy all throughout the day. It's hard for us to even imagine what, what this like life is like. Our Lord does not get tired. He does not sleep. And he never gets tired, Ever. No matter what time of the day it is, even if it's 2 in the morning, he's still not tired. He's not even beginning to get tired. What a, how, different, how different this life is from our own. How much fuller is that life? Then also, we have to realize that, that the life we live right now is a life that has very little movement compared to the glorious life. If if I want to get to Denver, my physical life does not permit that. I mean, I could, in theory, walk there, but it it would be very, very difficult and very impracticable. So what I have to do is I have to get myself into a machine and have to use that machine to get down the road. And my physical movement is is also limited in the the fact that I can only go this way or that way, but I'm not able to go up. In the air, we don't have that ability. I'm limited by my physical body, by gravity. I have to stay on the ground. And if I want to go up into the air, I have to get in a different type of machine, an airplane, and and have it take me up into the air and get me somewhere else. So our, our mode of life seriously reduces or limits our ability to move from one place to the other. But that's not the case. With our Lord, by the life, just by the life that He has, without machines, without any assistance from any contraptions, our Lord is not limited by gravity. Think about the description of the ascension today. The apostles are just watching Him, and all of a sudden, He just He takes off. He takes. They're just watching Him, and I mean, you get the, the impression that even after He's gone, they're just still staring up in the sky. They're so amazed. Um, It says he just basically goes beyond the clouds and he disappears beyond the clouds. He doesn't have a spacesuit on. He doesn't have a, a jet pack on his back. He simply has a different mode of life. He has a glorious life. And in that glorious state, he can take himself wherever he wants to go. Even at the speed of thought, he can take himself up, he can take himself down, he can take himself to the other uh, end of the globe. Who knows where he can take himself? Other, Another part of the universe, at the speed of thought, he can take himself through the doors, even if they're closed. As we see when he makes his, his apparitions, he's not limited by space in his glorious state. Just imagine how different your life. I mean, if any single, if any person on this life possessed any of the of these perfections of, of their life, how different their life here below would be. How um, much freer their life would be, how much more independent their, their life would be. This is the life that is possessed. By our Lord and our Lady right now, it is the life to which we aspire. It is the life which we are meant to possess for all eternity. It is our true life that is offered to us. Where does our Lord get this life? Where does it come from? It comes from God. It comes from the life of God himself. That is is where it comes from. Our Lord manifests to us a communication of the life of God to His own body to a much greater degree than anything we experience here below. God gives us our our natural life that we live during this this our time on this earth, but He also calls us to a different life, the glorious life that's in heaven, and our life here below is meant to be a preparation for that life. But our Lord manifest that life to us, and He even comes down on this earth to give us that life. Consider His words at the Last Supper, His prayer to the Father. These are the words that appear in the Gospel for yesterday's Mass, the vigil of the Ascension. He says, Father, the hour is come. Glorify Thy Son. Give me a glorified body that thy Son may glorify thee, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he may give eternal life to all whom thou hast given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Our Lord asks the Heavenly Father for the glorification of his own human body. And he says that he is going to give that glorification to us. He has the power. The Father has given him the power to give to you that glorified life. And this is what we must want. We receive the ability to take on this life through the gift of grace. You are communicated, you are given the life of God in your soul through sanctifying grace. That life is a seed that is planted in your soul that if you foster during your life, it will sprout into a life of eternal glory after this life is over. That is where the eternal life, the everlasting life, comes from. It is from the sanctifying grace that is in your soul. Secondly, what we have to understand about this is that you will live forever the life that you love. If you love that life of grace, if you foster that life of grace, which is the life of God inside of your own soul, you will live the life of God. God will communicate to you a measure of His life that far exceeds the life that you have right now. And you will live that higher level of life for all eternity. That is what God has given our Lord the power to do, to communicate to you that glorified life. He manifests that life to you. He invites you to that life. He gives into your soul the life of grace so that you may, may foster that life, love that life, and aspire to make that life spring up to eternal life after you die. So my dear faithful, everything around us in this, on this earth teaches us that The life we live right now is very limited, and it's very passing, it's transitory. Everything in our faith teaches us that we have to strive to attain an everlasting life of heaven where we believe in faith that this life exists and that it's a much fuller life than anything we can attain to in this earth. To do this, we must foster the life of grace, and we also must receive our Lord in the blessed sacrament as well as possible. Consider what that is, the fact that our Lord is in the tabernacle. He's in all the tabernacles of the world. You think about all the people on this world, we are all in a state of dying. We are all in this mortal flesh headed for death. But we Catholics, we have in our tabernacle the body of our Lord, which is living a glorious life. We have an eternal life, as it were, in our tabernacle. In each tabernacle. It's the only place on this planet that there is someone there who is living an eternal life. And that life is given to you. That body comes into your body. The body of our Lord that possesses everlasting life goes into you and remains there as long as the appearances of bread remain and is meant to make grow in your soul that life of grace that, that one day will spring up unto everlasting life. If you cherish that life, if you receive our Lord's life into your life, when you when you receive him in the Holy Communion, if you receive him into you well, you, you foster that life of grace in your soul, and of course, one day, you will live forever with him in glory.